We're talking about chickens. I just drew this chicken. <laughs> Great. Thanks for sharing that. Why did a chicken go to the gym to work out its pecs? All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, that's the show. Cue I'm music. Out. I'm and out. We're done. We're done. We didn't even get. <laughs> hey, we didn't even start, and we're like, we're done. <laughs> See you next week, Hale. <laughs> See you next week, Hale. Oh. <laughs> Nathan is canceled. <laughs> You're listening to the John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean American adoptees, diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted. Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The John G Show, or welcome back to The John G Show. If you're a returning listener, appreciate you, love you. Thank you for coming back. Uh, <laughs> my name is Patrick Armstrong. I am here with my fellow co-hosts, Nathan Nowak and KJ Rilke. Fellas, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday morning? Great. Love you, what? too. Oh, I, I see what you did there. I was like, what? What are you talking about? But I get it. It's Wednesday morning. If you're listening to it live in the Western Hemisphere's time zones. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Shout out to all you non-Western Hemisphere folks. who are Sorry for being Hemispherist. (laughs) We're not Hemispherist on the show. I guess. Spherist would probably be better. No, it's Hemispherist. Hemiest? What? You're like, oh, but other people who live on square planets or cube planets, we hate you. See? I can never. You can't get it right. I'm canceled now. Uh, Cube planets. Always. Oh, oh my gosh. We're, just, I'm good. Hurts my brain thinking You're about good? that. Good. Living on the Allspark. Sam, put the cube <laughs> inside my chest. chest. <laughs> that was, you're impressing me with some of your impressions tonight. Hey, thanks. Um, I mean, today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been weeks um, uh, since you heard my last impression. It's been, in, a, it's been a long time. Impressive impressions. Those yes, are impressive, impre- and that was impressive impressions with KJ Relke. <laughs> and this is a John Chi show. We celebrate and support each other here. Nathan, why do we celebrate and support each other? Because we are kind people. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great answer. That's a great answer. And um, yeah, in relation to the show, no other reason. Because yeah. the world needs more kindness. That's true. That's true. Okay. Well, uh, with that being answered, what does John Chi mean for any of those new listeners who might be joining us for the first time? Yes, John Chi means to feast, and we feast and celebrate on our adoption stories and voices and other, uh, you know, shared identities and experiences and uh, and how we're developing through all of that as well. And then we have a guests occasionally and uh, snack and food, so we feast on the snack and food at the end. And uh, yes, you're right. I always have such a, a jumbled description of how I'm ex- <laughs> explaining this, but we do for 120 episodes. I'd have we like do down as a on script ado- our adoption <laughs> stories. I like that description of it. Sometimes <laughs> I imagine we feast on our adoption stories. I, I know agree. that like for the for a while we've been like it sounds like you're just like padding for time, but this time I imagined you were like walking down a grocery aisle, and be like, oh, and uh, this sounds good. I'm gonna put that in my cart. And oh, here's another thing. I'm gonna put that in my. You went in with no. Uh, list and you're just fill the basket <laughs> yeah, up true. Yeah. but you've grabbed true. the largest cart because that's all that's available Incredible. all the small carts are taken no basket <laughs> like I, I would a, never be Allison good was like, i sent you in to get one thing and you came back with a hundred dollars this isn't even target <laughs> <laughs> yeah how did you get over there <laughs> 
Uh, you should see me at a buffet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. no, uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, you're a sampler. Yeah, go a little yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know where to begin. Yeah. New listeners, you got to go back a few few episodes to hear about the buffet. Find the one where you talked <laughs> yeah. about the, the, yeah, the buffet in Las Vegas. <laughs> yes. Oh, I miss those. Oh, what are we talking about today? Speaking of. <laughs> well, uh, we didn't plan it, but oh, you know what I did? I actually want to kick this off with a voicemail. Uh, I don't mm. think I told either of you that, that we have a voicemail, but. You did not. Uh, we do. Yeah, we have a new caller, so I'm just going to throw to that right now. That's a new caller. Hi, this is uh, Abby and Ellie calling from UT Southwestern. I wanted to confirm your appointment tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Uh, please come to 2201 Inwood Road on the second floor tomorrow, February the 15th at 8 a.m. Thank you. And please fast uh, four hours prior. Thank you. Okay, I have many questions. <laughs> The first one is, were those two people working on the same phone call? I th- yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Freaking incredible. All I right, just, running I all the way back. I, I have so many I questions. Like, <laughs> I have so many questions. Was that for a Southwest flight? No, that, that was we were UT Southwestern. Yeah, it sounded uh, like oh, a, medical, a medical appointment. Yeah, it sounded like someone <laughs> was like going in for blood work. Yeah. And uh, just <laughs> wrong number. See, just, I was already way off. I was going into yeah. airport mode. <laughs> it was like, what's happening at Southwest? Okay. Uh, Very incredible. interesting. That was on our voicemail inbox. Wow. Or is yeah, that on so, your personal one? No, no, no. <laughs> I saw the email come in. I was like, oh, hey, new uh, new email, or new voicemail. That's exciting. And then, oh, then I went and listened to it. I was like, Abby and Ellie. Who is Abby and Ellie? And then, yep, <laughs> calling to confirm your appointment. <laughs> So. I like that they didn't give away any identifying information, so I don't have to bleep anything out. Yeah. Other than first yes. names. Yeah. No, it was them. It was just them calling. Oh, like, hey, this is that is absolutely hilarious. Well, Incredible. I hope that person who they were intended to call got Remembered the message their and uh, yeah, got and fasted for four hours and before fasted. their appointment. So. Yep. Incredible. Yep. So, anyways, if you wanna if you wanna leave a voicemail like it's that, <laughs> you can uh, call in nine seven two six seven seven eighty eight sixty seven. Honestly, if you actually listen to the show and just leaves a voicemail like that, that'd be pretty great. So mm-hmm. we'll yeah, play it. Any that, questions? We'll play it. We'll play Unless anything. you don't want us to. Unless you, yeah. True. <laughs> you can be. Um, we do. Consider. You don't have to put your name in it. That's fine. Um, yeah. But, uh, so, anyways, we. Sorry for the the practical joke. Uh, All the today, new listeners have since left us. They were just, what are <laughs> they're no longer what listening. Are doing? I don't get it. Is this uh, this is what I do? Hey, it took us 120 episodes to get the wrong number. So, well, not well, really. Austin, we haven't had like phone, 60, I 40. Say, yeah, we have. I don't know how many episodes long, we have the phone number. I'm gonna say 40. 40. At least. I'm gonna 20. say back back third. <laughs> it's the still back pretty third. Great. 120 yeah. episodes though is a lot. Like I feel yeah. like we're moving along. We've yeah. even taken a couple small breaks now. Mm-hmm. Here and Indeed. there. Indeed. Yep. L- learning to to pace ourselves. So, uh, okay, this is something that I found interesting, and it, it ties in with uh, a secondary topic. But um, we've been on this journey. I think the last time we did a solo, we talked about uh, safe spaces and what they were for us growing up, and those things. Um, but also part of what what this show has been for us has been examining who we are in relation to maybe broader Asian American spaces, adoptee spaces, and those kinds of things. And 
Patrick, I think it was you that at one point you were like, I feel like for every new thing I have to learn, I also then have to unlearn like seven things or something like that, you know, just to like reset the slate, do that kind of stuff. So I was curious, um, what have you unlearned? Has there been any like moment in your kind of recentish history where you're like, oh man, you know what? I will actually... I used to respond this way, but now I think I respond another way or, you know, something like that. Uh, you put me on the spot with this question. And I feel like it's a a cop out (laughs) excuse answer to say that I've unlearned so much. I can't even think of one thing that I've unlearned. (laughs) Um, let's see. What have I unlearned recently ish? I don't know. I guess the thing that always comes to the top of my mind is kind of one of the first things that I unlearned, which was really like, I guess like foundational anti-blackness. I don't know really how to describe it other than this kind of anecdote is that there are, so you go to certain, okay. So I grew up in a very small, predominantly white, super conservative town. And if you were to go to Chicago or a place where that was predominantly black or had a large predominantly black community. Um, it would be like, okay, if you see a black person, you lock your doors because it was just like, you know, it was instant trouble. Yeah. Like that just kind of like really just like basic racism. But you know, like for whatever reason, like I just internalized all of that for a really long time. Um, and I, I say that only because I recently shared this with someone else. And that I think that's why it's top of mind. But, um, I, I don't know when I think about my unlearning journey, I think it really starts there is unlearning a lot of like prejudices. Um, mm-hmm. I think just like language, the proper language use, um, like for the disabled community or for like the indigenous community, um, and unlearning thinking that I, just because I've read something that I now know that I'm using it the right way mm. and learning to be mindful and respectful of each person's individual, how they identify, how the language they like to use, et cetera, et cetera. And knowing that it's not always a blanket thing, just like in our, the adoptee community or the Asian American community, we don't want to just be blanket termed like that. So I guess that to answer your question would probably be it. Um, starting at that foundation. And I guess that would be really kind of language like that recently. Yeah. Nathan, are you, Still pondering. Yeah, well, I'm I'm pondering on how to who to say it, I guess, because I don't want to. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't want to be offensive. Or I'm just kidding. Like, um, I, I don't want to get the terminology wrong. But one of the things that that I I, I saw even recently, somebody post uh, about um, being thankful um, to our parents for being adopted. Mm. and mm. how how to use the terminology differently and how to because i mean i i in my mind i'm thinking yeah i mean i i am grateful for my parents and how they raised me i i love my parents and i love the way that they um you know gave me opportunities and um you know cared for me and things like that but how do i say it in a way that's not about um you know more along the lines of just they're my parents and they raised me and not about um feeling like perpetuating that, it's, that I owe broader, them something because yeah. they adopted me in that yeah, way. Yeah. So that is a terminology that I'm still actually trying to unlearn and trying to learn properly on how to say. I don't know. Have you guys come across on on ways of I guess expressing that without, you know, 
incorrectly, you know, <laughs> expressing it. I guess. Yeah, like, yeah, I know what you mean. I think for yeah. me, it's just like, like you said, it's about like per- expressing my personal opinion. And in moments where my personal opinion does uh, happen to align with a broader narrative that I feel like needs to be uh, de-monolithed, um, I will then also say in the same breath, like, and I know this isn't the experience for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. I, and I think that that's the the thing the thing that like similarly to you is like the thing that I'm working on is to be specific when I can be. Uh, and mm. I noticed this in like in Lunar New Year celebrations, like me and two other Korean adoptees, me and two other Koreans got together to celebrate Tsolal. Like it was like specifically three Koreans, Koreans celebrate Tsolal. Like that's the thing that we were doing. We weren't like incorporating like a bunch of other cultures lunar new year celebrations it was specifically koreans so like why didn't i just say like happy solal like you know what i mean like why did i say like oh we got together to celebrate solal like i was i could have been better in being specific and in the specificity like there i think allows more grace and more nuance and those kinds of things right so i think like in the same token being like yeah if i want to express like gratitude to my parents uh for my adoption or or how i was raised or whatever then i can do that and if it's in a public space where i feel like both narratives need to be represented because one is vastly underrepresented, then I think the thing for me is like either I choose a different audience or add the caveat to what I'm saying so that part of my time is spent amplifying more than just one story and more than just one point of view. Yeah, I agree. I think that adding that caveat is really important just being clear and and being as specific as possible in those situations. And I would say I do the same thing. Um, it's more like, uh, it's like, I, I'll say that I, I'm not, I'm grateful to my parents for certain stuff, but I wouldn't say my adoption is something that I'm grateful for. Like I have deep love for my family, my family and my parents, which is my experience with my, Mm -hmm. my family specifically. Um, not, and I know many people who do not have that same relationship with their adoptive family. Um, but especially if they're going on this journey, learning what I've learned about the system of adoption, about mm. how we talk about adoption and how, like KJ said, you know, certain narratives are, oh, like vastly overrepresented, um, within that narrative, you know, to me, I, it's it's like I'm not grad I'm not grateful f- to have been a product of that system right. or for whatever mm-hmm. roles anybody right. you plays. You can be grateful it. to your yeah, family yeah, yeah, yeah. and grateful, for, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but you also not grateful for your adoption. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, I'm grateful to have been raised in a kind and loving home, and mm-hmm. I say that part of my gratitude comes from knowing other stories within the community where mm-hmm. that did not happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like that is where gratitude comes in. But this specific feel or like the relationship with gratitude, I think, is really complex for people within our community. Yeah. Like it's just an interesting thing. Yeah. And specifically the yeah, the post that I saw was yeah, coming from other adoptive family mem or other um family members uh, in the the adoptive family saying things like you should be grateful well, and right. you should appreciate being adopted and things like that and that language is is harmful and definitely not you know luckily for me no one has said that to me but i can just i i, I feel you know for the people that did have to experience that and uh yeah that's definitely not not what anybody should say to uh to an adoptee 
Well, that's language that we have to unlearn ourselves. Like that's mm-hmm. what I, I guess that's one of the examples I could use for language that I'm unlearning. It's just like what that was one of the things I had to learn. Unlearn was to stop saying that I'm grateful for this or that because of uh, the adoption. Like, well, yeah, yeah, I'm grateful to be adopted. It's like you say that, but you don't understand the context behind it. You there, you know, there's no deeper thought to it other than this is what I've always been told and how I've always been. And like, yeah, I'm grateful for certain aspects of it, but yeah. adoption as a whole, you know, not mm-hmm. so much. Right. Well, and it's, it's a really common too. And like, sometimes like with enough practice, we do elevate those things. Like, right. you know, you can say like, Oh man, I'm so angry right now. And you can be like, are you angry or are you just hungry? And be like, Oh, you know what? I am just, Oh, hungry. right, right, like, right. You know what I mean? But like that right, level Snickers of specificity, <laughs> yeah. that level of specificity actually like can clue you into some things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Being so, yeah, you'd be like maybe younger. You'd be like, yeah, I'm grateful that I'm adopted. But actually what you're saying is, I mean, no, I'm grateful for this life that I have, but I'm not grateful for how it started. Like how it started was with the separation of a family, like Mm -hmm. with the tearing apart of a family unit for who knows however many reasons, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's like so many things that it happened, like, you know, and, and that's true of every adoption. And so then it's like, well, even if you're thankful for like the life that you have, you don't have to be thankful for like the destruction of your family to also feel thankful for, you know, those kinds of things, which I think is, is tough. And I also, as I say it, I generally don't like the language of thankfulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I much prefer the word gratitude versus right. thankful. And I don't know what right. it is about those words that like, Feel like one feels like appropriate and one feels very heavy handed and uh, uh, what's the term? Not simplistic, but like a reductionist in some way, Mm. you know, like it, it actually like it divides the narrative and and reduces it into something that's like very cheap, I guess. Yeah. Well, it kind of like thankful. I feel like, well, even in grateful too, kind of splits it. It feels like almost binary in a way. So it's like you're grateful, or you're ungrateful. You're like you're mm-hmm. thankful or you're not thankful. I guess unthankful. Thankless. I don't think that's a word. Thankless. Thankless. Thankless? Yeah. Is that what that's it is? a word? Thankless. Yes. Okay. Thankless. Yeah. Um, well, that exists. Yeah. I mean, yeah. also it it has to do with that it, it was a transaction too, and I don't think you know thankful is a good word mm. to be used in a situation as a you know some sort of commodity or, or something like that i mean you you know thank you for giving me a good you know you know a nice service you know, handshake or service or things like that yeah <laughs> a it nice just doesn't shake i don't know yeah <laughs> when you say well you know when, usually when you say thank you you shake somebody's hand That's right true. thank you for your transaction nice has been done yeah or something like that that just seems wrong in a case of an adoption and in the case of of even being raised um, by you know a parent because that's you know a parent's job you know, they yeah, should be you'd much rather shout my gratitude thing. to you sir <laughs> so. <clears throat> yeah it's a it's interesting i think the other thing well so on to that point of of the binary of being like grateful or ungrateful you know to your point kj it is very divisive and it sits and divides the community and it can because it will cause the schism where people in the community feel like you have to also be like either you're either you have to be grateful or on the other side, there is no, you have to be not grateful. Why don't you see it the way I see it? You know, like we get pulled apart into these two. So like we're trying to fight one narrative, we get split into two and it almost does just as much harm, I think, or it can Mm -hmm. um, simply because I don't know, there's like no progress being made, I guess. Is it like an echo, echo chamber ish in a way? 
even though we're not, even though we're yelling from two different sides, I guess. I don't know. It's, I just think it's really interesting and it like makes people feel like they have to pick sides in the community. Yeah. I feel like that's harmful to a well, lot I of think, us. I think that's one of those, like one of the difficult things too. Um, and this is like adjacent to what I, what I kind of want to talk about is like um, the idea of myth making and the stories that like, that really do the myth making for us. Mm. Um, because, and we've, we touched on it briefly. Um, it with a, a previous guest, but just like the, like the stories of our adoption, our mythology, right? Like they are, and specifically like our mythology, our family's mytholo- mythology, like for lack of a better terms, like they're our creation story, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're the stories that give us meaning. They're the stories that help us navigate the world. And so when that breaks, when you have your apocalypse and that just like flips your creation story on its head, then you start scrabbling for language. And when you scrabble for language, like many of us, you know, on Instagram or on social media, uh, you'll start grabbing at hashtags, which I think like it's Mm. telling to me that like some people find our show through hashtags. Obviously, that's how we like why we use them. But when you follow hashtags, you don't necessarily get the sense of a full person, you just kind of get their arguments. And then I, I think it does become an echo chamber and you don't have the the ability to understand like what the broader conversation is. You just see right. like you should be mm-hmm. pro adoption and like be thankful and like be proud about that and whatever. And then another person's like, no, you definitely shouldn't do that. You know, like and that's where like that like the the seedy underbelly of marketing and you know right. uh like, well, there's, like no way, nuance. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just like, even if there is, like, when you first enter into it, you're entering in through a hashtag. You're not necessarily entering through a profile. You're not necessarily entering in through, like, downing, like, tens of podcasts at once, or maybe you are, but it's like 10 different pod, you know, like, so you don't, like, have a journey. You're just scrabbling for language because suddenly what you thought of was, like, in the beginning, you're just like, oh, that's, I can't even use that anymore. So how do Mm -hmm. I begin? Like, I realize, that you know like my story is missing whole chunks and i don't have any language so how can i begin to find that you know and then that's when i think you get into even if like even if if somebody were to find our show and i think that we try really hard to give nuance uh if they were to stumble on our show they'd be like what you know and and could find that they lean one way or the other even though that's not our intention because like we are still ourselves and we will have our own point of view and then how they choose to navigate from there, you know, can, can affect how they integrate into the community or don't integrate into the community because of the particular, uh, energy, whatever that they get from those social media posts and other things. So yeah, I think the hashtags are like clickbait. Like it's just, you yeah. Know, yeah. You like they're in, so helpful, but then it's like, Oh yeah. man. Yeah. You have to get the more context after. Cause it could be the, the whole hashtag could be, like you said, the negative or the positive of what you're actually trying to get to. Um, you know, the, whoever is explaining the rest of the story. So yeah, it's social media is very interesting with what, what do you know what hashtags are finding us through? Are we tracking that in any measure? <laughs> no, I mean, I just know like Beastie Jonah boys. found us, boys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jonah found us for using hashtag very Asian, you know? Oh, yeah. um, mm, and interesting. Like, so like, yeah, but I think that there, there is like to, to differing degrees, and I, again, this is why I really like the language of that apocalypse is like when you lose the language and you lose your mythology or your mytho- the mythology of like how you came to be in, you know, your family, or whatever gets like 
completely upended and you're scrabbling for language, then all you have are these like you're you essentially begin doom scrolling, trying mm. to figure out, is there anyone like me? Mm. What do I do here? How do I, you know, and so you search hashtag adoptee, but actually realistically, probably the first thing you're going to look up is hashtag adopted. Then you find a bunch of dog posts and you find a bunch of like <laughs> Christian savior posts and you find, you know, like all those things. You're like, what? This isn't what I want. And then hopefully maybe you stumble on like maybe some ethnic hashtag, you know, if it's very Asian or Black Lives Matter or whatever that is, like, you know, whatever the, the thing that you're, that you realize, however your apocalypse unfolds and gives you a new way to think about it right and then you're like oh man and yeah so it's it's tough and you try to find like whether it's a facebook group or whatever and you just jump into the middle of conversation and without like a a guide <laughs> then you're just like i just jumped into the deep end and i forgot how to swim so this is less than ideal yeah that's a great point because i feel like that's really how i when i had my apocalypse that's kind of what happened is i just kind of <laughs> <clears throat> doom scrolled all through the internet, just like in conversations of like, here's what you should look at, or like, what does it mean to be adopted, or like Korean American this, <clears throat> and just trying to like find anything and everything. And then, because like my personality, especially at that time, was very like, not only reactive, but like latching, like would mm -hmm. latch on to something very quickly. Like that's how I got involved in like the first initial like adoptee things that I was doing. And like in hindsight, might not have went down that specific path at that time. I think it was helpful in the long run because I think it gave me it like it, it showed me that kind of dual realities of like what who, what adoptees think um, or that happens in our community very often. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know what the heck's going on with my throat, but yeah, it was <laughs> the pop rocks <laughs> the, from last week. Jeez, still get me. It is those not pop healthy. rocks. Not um, <laughs> anyways, just it's just like it was just like trying to find somebody, and then like you said, you know, if you don't have a guide, like I thought I had a guide at that point, but I don't really think that I did. And it was really through like us coming together, like and building the community through the show that mm -hmm. I found like what I think I was probably looking for and searching for all of that time. But mm -hmm. I'm scrambling for the language, scrambling for any, just grasping at straws, yeah. anything that well, could possibly help me. Because you do, like you feel like you're drowning. Exactly. Like, anything that like, could help me inform myself. And like, just yes. like, mm -hmm. yeah, just one yeah. minute, please, dear God. <laughs> exactly. Because it's not, it's, yeah, because it wasn't almost like, I mean, it was like drowning, but it was like, it was almost like you're like slipping, not even yeah. falling, but slipping down a slope. And like, you can kind of like turn and whatever you can kind of maneuver but you're always going down and then he's just waiting for like one ledge or one branch to like get and just like you said stabilize yourself and yeah i guess that's a long way for me to say that the show kind of did that but yeah like i just like the way that you talked about it, like doom scrolling out of the out of the apocalypse like that's exactly what i did it was just mm -hmm. like oh this and this and this do we need to hashtag adopt the apocalypse now more no, no one's using no. that language. No yes. using I'm the only person yet. using it. Yeah, <laughs> you used it. Okay, I use it a lot, to be honest. I, I use do it a you lot. Hashtag it. I do not hashtag. It. There is no hashtag. But see, okay. that's the thing. I stop. I'm like not using hashtags as much anymore. Yeah, probably that, per to your point though. Probably to yeah. your point, to be honest. It's one of those things though. It's like you know, like yeah. you you just put it out there. You tag yeah, your yeah, stuff yeah. with it because you just hope that maybe someone will stumble across your post. And you believe in what you're doing, you know right. what I mean? It's like 
on the one hand, like you do want to be one of the voices and amongst the masses. And right. on the other hand, like you got to be like, so hopefully like elevated out of that or like outside of that some way so that you can provide like a gentle way in, or at least that's what we, what we try to do on the show. Um, right. You know, and I think that that's, that's also partially why like we keep our social media pretty light. We keep, besides the fact that we're very lazy and don't do good social media, <laughs> uh, we, but like for me at least, it's a pretty intentional, like we could probably write more, we could probably post more, whatever, but we're not going to do like we're going to keep certain things for the medium of a podcast because like you kind of have to dedicate some time. And so right. even on the journey on the podcast, you know, for the 90 minutes that you're with us, like we have that ability to say like, actually we're focusing on gray areas we're focusing on, you know, like we have, we can be more nuanced. And if you just catch us on social media, you're like, Oh cool podcast. I'm gonna check it out. You know, but we don't like take a super loud stance necessarily so that hopefully we can be just a step outside of it as someone enters into broader conversations around being adopted, Asian American, Korean American, any of those kinds of things. A man, maybe, I don't know, whatever. Well, I, I prefer a man. to hear people speak and have a, a context and tone as well than just, yeah. you know, just a graphic. Sometimes people use emoji and I don't know what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Especially the, the meanings of emoji seem to be changing all the time. I'm really confused sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that, but our social media is kind of just an extension of the podcast and the podcast is really what we do. Like that's mm -hmm. where we do that work. The, the social media account is really just kind of a place to show people there's an episode out. Mm -hmm. You can come here. And the after party, I think, like, is another thing. With, you know, those kinds of yeah. things. But like, yeah, we really want it to be like podcast first. Right. Mm -hmm. And also, but also like we're like our own individuals outside of that. And I think we each like, not that we operate in the adoptee spaces, like all of us specifically, but, you know, we carry our own brands as mm -hmm. what we do for work and whatnot. And like we bring that to the show. I think, I think I've been on thinking about this too, because it's something that you said earlier about i can't even remember if it was like a comment somebody made or whatever it was but just made me think about how we operate outside of the show but the show but when we come to the show i feel like we still operate as ourselves who we are as individuals which i think i don't know gives gives us something different maybe i'm not sure what i'm trying to say um <laughs> that we are different but not the same what the hell was no i trying way. to say i don't even remember i'm out here tangent <laughs> rambling all kinds well, of I mean, shit this we started this show because we were all kind of in different stages of our lives but still had similarities in the topics that we wanted to discuss and explore um so i think that it makes our show beneficial is because we have different areas of interest you know, we've talked about that before too, on how we how we explore our, our individual stories, and uh, and we we're doing that. We're still doing that. We're each doing different things and branching off to different areas. So, um, but yet we the show is the glue in a way, the one that holds it together, where we continue to uh, discuss it and uh, come together. Well, and it's yeah. also is that like what you're saying? <laughs> we want to be different people because, like, yeah. if we were the same people going on the same journey and just talking about it each week, we would just be clones of each other. You know, like right. think about any yeah. of your favorite shows, every great TV show that has like an ensemble, like that you fall in love with, whatever, like every character goes on their own character journey. And like, you, you know, like you see other characters interact with that person or whatever, but like we all kind of go on separate journeys. And so it's necessary for us to, to be different because we want to highlight not just the things that are similar about us, but the things that make us different and how those things inflect and reflect and inform who we are and how we talk about these things you know and and 
kind of all that stuff. So I think it's important to to continue to be our own persons. Also, yeah, I just think that it makes it show more interesting, hopefully. So, uh, and as I say, the, the people listening, I mean, they might relate to uh, one of us differently or more similarly, you know, so they, uh, it's good to have that diversity on the show as well. So, um, yeah, so listeners, yeah. we're going to uh, take a minute. Uh, <laughs> Put a so poll just, up. No. We're going to, yeah, we, uh, right now on your screens, you'll see three numbers, one, two, three. So if you could just uh, hold up a finger and vote for your favorite. Okay, yeah. thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. yeah thank you. The results are in. It's a tie. Congratulations, number two. <laughs> You've won. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, you both said it, it much better than I was trying to say it. Um, yeah, and I think that I mean that's what I like about it is that we can bring our own individual opinions to the show, and it's not like when you come here, like you expect to only hear one. Thought, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I just feel like we've, I feel like we have done a decent job of trying to be as, I don't want to say inclusive, but as wide ranging uh, in terms of our storytelling as we mm-hmm. can be. Cause like you said, it's, it is like it's myth making it's mythology, like the mythology of the show. Now, you know, we've been running for a long enough to have, like a lore and and a canon and what whatever you want to call it, but In the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but it does make it worthwhile to come back every week knowing that we might not always agree on whatever it is we're talking about, or we're gonna come and like have somebody share something that's like opens our eyes in a different way, yeah. um, and it's nice to be challenged like that. I think it's and again, like I talk about this a lot in my individual work, but. Uh, something the show has taught me is just how big of a privilege it is to be able to hear someone's story and especially somebody who comes with a wildly different experience than yourself uh, Mm -hmm. and challenges the notions of, you know, everything that you thought prior um, so you can grow. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, So one of the things that is like similar to this, like we talk about like how, when you go through, when you have that apocalyptic moment, uh, and your mythology gets destroyed and you're like scrabbling and doom scrolling and all that kind of stuff. Um, we talked about like a couple of weeks ago, our safe spaces when we were growing up. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm curious, what are your safe spaces now? Are they similar? Are they different? Um, what were those safe spaces when you were doom scrolling, trying to figure out <laughs> your your way through 2020 and Asianness and adoption and all that kind of stuff? That's very interesting. Nathan, do you want to go? Sure. Yeah. Safe spaces now. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I have my wife now and I do feel that the support that I get from her has been, um, great to, you know, discuss topics, uh, explore, you know, just things that are going through my mind. And I know that I can, I can explore those with her in a safe space and that she knows the journey she's seen it. I mean, just the fact that we've started this, you know, in two and a half years, she's seen the, the change from, not only, you know, when we first met, but to the point where uh, I actually started looking for my biological family, did the birth search, met my biological family, she got to meet them too, you know, and then the the relationship that now I've had with my my biological family. So she's seen all that change. And then to add to all of that, starting a podcast with you guys, um, she's seen the exploration, um, you know, in all the community and, um, you know, meeting new people and all the, the work that I'm now trying to, to, you know, branch out and do. So, um, all of that gives her a very good context uh, from from my point of view, where I feel very safe to talk to her about those things. 
Um, and if I don't, then I just come down to my room and build some Lego. <laughs> okay, there you go. Your wife, Lego. I like it. Lego sets. Guys, Lego, Lego can be a safe space. Building Lego is a safe is an, space. Is an adjective. I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I was thinking, was like, what was my safe space as a kid? I, don't, I didn't remember what it was, but I believe it was sports. basketball. Yeah. Yes, sports. And I th- find that very interesting because I do think right now, like, going to play basketball is a safe space for me, uh, especially if I have, like, just a really difficult week. Like, I know I can look forward to that and just going out and look. Like, the, it feels like I'm in a completely different world almost mm-hmm. um, when I go play. And it's funny because it's safe in a different way. Like, before, like, it was safe because maybe playing organized sports, I was just enjoying it. But especially as a kid, like, going out on the in my driveway by myself, just doing it right there. Doing it right there. Just doing the basketball <laughs> just, right there. Just doing um, basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, that was safe safety to me, just being in that moment. But now it's like I play with a bunch of people who two years ago were strangers to me, um, who three years ago I never would have said yes to play, like engaging with them at all because they're all Asian American. And it's, it, uh, yeah, I was just like thinking about how that's how it stayed the same but it is different and it's yeah shows like the evolution of like my person from that person who was alone in this moment and doing the with what he thing. enjoyed to now in community with people he would have never been in community with but doing that same do thing. basketball thing no just what, what? doing it he was he was doing it alone in his front yard but now he's doing it with <laughs> people doing it with a bunch of people doing it with doing people. <laughs> Sometimes oh it's basketball, sometimes it's not. Professional <laughs> podcaster people. Incredible. That is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, I'd be remiss if I did not say my wife is also a safe space for me as well to have like a partner or a person. Like I have a best friend who has always been a safe space for me for the most part uh, in almost every way. But my Emily has definitely been that and more. So... Yeah. 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 I think for me, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I said growing up is definitely church and, um, I have not like, not like heavy trauma. Uh, but I think that like, as my, my body, as I like experience churchy things, I'm like working through some like trauma responses, um, which side note, I sent you guys a podcast, but one of the things that I like specifically highlighted, wanted to highlight from that is, uh, the trauma is not an event. It's how your body responds to an event mm. that is like, over it is like overstimulating somehow. It's like too much, too fast, too quick. Uh, or that's whatever too much or too fast or too something else. I don't remember the other thing. Uh, and I just thought that, that was really interesting that like, cause I've never heard, never thought about trauma really. I mean. I've heard people talk about it in adoptee spaces, but I don't thought about how it's defined. And I typically think of it as like a singular event that like Mm -hmm. is traumatic. And then like your body like reacts to that, but actually for your body just to like have for trauma to be the response to that event, I think is really interesting. So it's not like, I don't have like massive trauma responses to certain Christian-y things. Sometimes though, I like, I do kind of have like a, like my head will pull up and be like, oh, that feels gross to me or, you know, whatever. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, I miss this. So it's it's certainly less the church. Um, but I, as I, especially as I continue to listen to The Light We Give by Simranjit Singh and other things, I'm like, oh, people, you know, people describe themselves as like spiritual and not religious. But like, no, I still kind of miss and still really enjoy religiosity. And But I think, again, it like goes back to that t- sense of like, 
kind of like a metaphysical mythology, like the language of that. Like I've always loved uh, Greek mythology and Roman mythology. Um, and so like Christianity and like early, uh, you know, like the parts of Judaism and Christianity that oversect, uh, oversect, intersect, you know, uh, like I like that. Um, that's that type of like divine language. And I think that's why I like fantasy genres so much is because like for a while it felt very in that space. Um, mm. So, I, but I miss the, like, I like the, the traditions of religion. I think that they're really neat and, and those kinds of things. So yeah, I guess, um, but these days I think a, a safe space, I don't know that I have defined those or can really, identify those because i'm back where so many of them are or were yeah. i guess but i've changed since coming back so i'm like all of my previous safe spaces feel significantly less safe and so now i'm like well where can i go where can i how can i do the thing but i just recently met up with uh a couple of adoptees um and that was nice like one uh is jen who we hang out uh regularly now another one just moved to town and so like that was it was interesting like having someone like because like uh I've, we've become very close with the patels and so that's nice and that feels like a safe space to me but then also another adoptee i'm like oh man i don't know how like where you're at with the whole adoption thing the adoptee language i don't want to assume anything about it you know so that was just like it was interesting navigating that um so yeah i guess i'm still trying to figure that out uh i think things with my wife and i are certainly safe and i'm happy being able to explore things and feel unsure about things and whatever um and also like safe spaces have changed in, in really small ways like even smaller uh and like more simple ways than you patrick where it's like i still play basketball but it's different but like my comfort right. food went from being like a burger and fries to like bibimbap like just like a very simple like oh this food gives me comfort and i really yeah. love bibimbap or something like that and that is comfortable to me whereas maybe something else is not so yeah i don't know i guess i'm still trying to find them is what i'm saying <laughs> sounds like your safe space is baboombop is <laughs> is <laughs> myself I love it I think it's I mean yeah I think it's like I, I I think it was easy for me to define that one because it is like a like a with my growth but I think mm -hmm. it is difficult to define those things sometimes so yeah. I think you're good where you're at question Thanks. on an additional safe space if it is or not um do you find writing musics a safe space oh gosh or, no or, no no, no, no. Um, writing music is more like, uh, not to be like grossly metaphorical, but it's just like, it usually is like when whatever I'm feeling becomes too much and it then comes out of me in music mm. and or words. It's a release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's It's more cathartic than like mm -hmm. safety. Uh, right. so is yeah. that because you know you're going to release it and other people are going to hear it? No, it's just, um, I really love music, but I'm too brainy about it sometimes or too emotional about it, but it's not like, it's not been a, a place, it's not been like a place of retreat necessarily. Mm. And it's not okay. been a place of, uh, yeah, I think usually it's people and like groups that do that for me. Um, and so one of the things about being back here is like all the places that used to be safe, like 
uh, my family, extended family, old friends, whatever, uh, they've either moved away or were, you know, whatever, or I've changed a lot and not like explicitly flagged that change slash. I know that how I've changed might like kind of wrinkle some feathers if I were to be too loud or too obnoxious mm-hmm. or too whatever. And I, they're my family and I still love them and I still have fantastic relationships with them. So I have to navigate now like, okay, so now that we philosophically disagree on some things, how can we also still get along and still be friends? Because we have like a decade of really great history with each other and I like, you know, still want to continue to have a good relationship with you. So it's like, that's one of those weird things of like, I don't, you're like less safe than you used to be, but it still gets mm-hmm. some of the same comfort, but definitely not as much. So yeah, but it's usually like in like groups of people, like anytime like the three of us get together, that's really like, that's like my most safe space actually. Um, And I think it's because we have been in the rhythm of meeting basically every week. But uh, yeah, so I think like adoptee spaces, but even, even in that, it's like, oh man, this is still kind of weird and still like different, you know? So yeah. I I hear you on that. Now that I've been back to to Colorado, I have a lot of friends um, from my college days that were in the fraternity with me Mm -hmm. and I, I don't I think back in the day I was more, you know, I guess clueless and I didn't really discuss, you know, adoption. I didn't really talk about any of that, that type of things. And, and now when I'm, I'm with them, you know, I know that they still, you know, we're still good friends and everyone is still, um, you know, has a, a bond, but at the same time, the, the topic uh, of adoption or just uh, of race or things like that might not be the thing that I, I feel comfortable jumping into yet. Yeah. Um, with with yeah. them because because i was a much different person 20 some years ago or potentially um, like even politics just even yeah. in, in subtle ways yeah. and just like mm, you know and yeah like you still want to be friends with them you still want to have yep. that relationship and you're just like yeah so and it just in that way it just becomes just just a little bit less safe mm-hmm. you know yeah. where it maybe used to be really nice so it was safe mm-hmm. because i was clueless i feel feel at times yeah so, yeah ignorance is bliss as yep, they say in the Matrix. They do say that. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, that's well, good. Good stuff. How we've hit a lot of topics. Uh, a lot of topics. Those are good. Yeah, that was good conversation. Was good conversation. So I'm not not ashamed <clears throat> of it. Thank you to all the new listeners who joined us for this episode and made it through. <laughs> made it through our shenanigans and the topics to, the shenanigans the to reach the uh, really heartfelt conversation we just yeah. had. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're jumping into definitely a drink this time. I've finally been clued into what we're doing. So here definitely we go. Definitely a drink Let's this time. Take a drink. Beer. Oh, that was the wrong needle drop. It's fine. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. Drinky drink time. Yay. We got something different because we know it's a drink. We said it was going to be a drink. Um, We are back with a drink. I know we haven't had a drink in a while, so I was excited that uh, I found something different that was a product of Korea and actually sounds really good, too. I have no clue what it says on the front, though. I didn't actually translate that yet. So um, although I like that it says it's from Jeju. <laughs> Jeju. 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 Yeah. The uh-huh. French. Yeah, <laughs> in, in northern France. The city of Jeju. <laughs> Jeju. Jeju <laughs> Sepa. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Today we're drinking Jeju Halabong Supakaling. Um, mm. So 
I okay. Fun fact: This is one of those weird things. So even though I I can read like the Hangul, I still don't know how the language works. So the way it's written would be Han Ra Bong, but the way it's actually pronounced is Halabong. Um, so like Sola is not written that way, but it's pronounced that way. So it's like the same kind of thing where it's like in a regular word and I'm like oh, what do you know? So then I I put it into Google Translate. That wasn't anything. Uh, then I put it into just Google and I got a decopon. I don't oh. even know if that's English. Um, then the about says decopon is a seedless and sweet variety of Satsuma orange. It's a hybrid between Kiyomi and Ponkan developed in Japan in 1972. Orig- oh, originally a brand name, decopon has become a genericized trademark and is used to refer to other brands, all, all brands of the fruit. So generic name is Shiranui or Shiranui. Thank you, Wikipedia. Shiranui. Interesting. I feel well, like I read is- a lot of not English words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so- the, the English portion of the back says it is a citrus unshu orange flavored drink. So I had to look up unshu, which was a type of citrus. So citrus unshu. Um, yeah. Type of Mandarin. Um, you know. But uh, I didn't look up anything. The the front of it, the can, <laughs> the full front of Mandarin, it. and um, it looks like the sumo the mandarins that the the full frontal of this can uh, looks like a mandarin. Uh, my wife and I really love the sumo mandarin oranges, so I think it's going to be good. And basically, TLDR, it's a yes, sparkling it water that's a citrus flavored. Cheers! Orangey. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers! Don't shake it up. Chang smells very citrusy. I yeah. like sparkling water. Ooh, this is Ooh. delicious. That is yep, sweeter that's good. than I expected a sparkling drink to be. Nope, that's good. Yeah. That's got it the is, appropriate amount of sugar for me. Mm-hmm. A it lot. is way more intense than like your average LaCroix, yes. Waterloo, bubbly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's like, fla- like there's flavor. Yeah, this is a sparkling yeah. water to me is like you get a hint of flavor and it's mostly water like and carbonation. This is like forward. all flavor. Yeah, Minimal carbonation, are- <laughs> some water. Those like <laughs> sparkling uh, drinks are also like ten calories though, or something. This is basically this juice. Two hundred ten calories. Yeah. So this oh, whole if we were is- at daycare right now and I asked for a juice, I would accept this. <laughs> this is adult <laughs> Korean juice. Yes. Yeah. So no, this is tasty. Uh, oh yeah, fifty-one grams of carbs. Oh wow. Oh wow. Forty-five grams co- total sugars. Forty-five grams of added sugar. That's so. Funny. Yeah, it is. Woo. It is not for anybody. Not for the children. Yeah. I was gonna say though, if you just drop some vodka in this or uh, champagne, oh my soju. goodness, yeah, soju. Um, like it's. Get you can tell me this is like a mimosa. I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. We it's endorse. Wait, we'll really? be right back. Drinking responsibly. <laughs> Drink responsibly, <laughs> Miller. Yes, we need to do some more uh, soju uh, drinks for another episode. That, that. Why don't we just all move to the same city? All right. <laughs> then we could do all this in person. Come to, be come to Dallas. Well, uh, I hey, yeah, I no. was just flip. talking I, today about how the the Korean, um, I guess the little Koreatown area over there oh, in yeah. mm. Car- Carrollton, uh, and south of that is just amazing. I the would, colony. I would, I would do the that colony. Totally. Yes, it's not a cult. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that area um, was cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I. I just I'm jealous of that area compared to yeah Dallas is here. great except for the fact that it's in Texas. So. <laughs> True. True that. <laughs> True. Well, 
with that being said, <laughs> how many harabongs will you give this? That same thing that I just said. This same thing. This, <laughs> how many halabongs will you give this decopon? <laughs> decopon, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it... You know what? I'm going to give it a four out of five. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. Oh. I was, I was thinking about giving it a straight five, which would have been honestly pretty amazing given that mm-hmm. last week I gave something a six out of five. Yeah, it's true. That's but true. I, I, feel, I feel like we need to come back down to earth. I do really enjoy it. I don't love the calories... Uh, mm. Like it is really sweet. <laughs> yeah, the and nutritional like, makeup first, is. Uh... <laughs> well, like the first yeah. drink, I'm like, yeah, this is great. I don't know if I will feel good if I finish this can. So <laughs> I hear that. I hear I that. Yeah. I finished this. Uh, <laughs> I still got some here. I'm about to go downstairs and eat I've, some food with this. I'm not like, like half, good halfway through. Yeah, so I don't know that I would feel like the most happy, but it is delicious. Absolutely delicious. So four and a half out of five for me. Nice, Nathan. That's that's a good rating. I'm going to agree four and a half. I don't want to give it five because it is not a tad sweet, but it is just like it, it makes me feel like I'm drinking a soda, especially with the amount of yes. calories. However, yeah, 100%. You know, like a high quality was, Fanta. Less yeah, carbonated, Fanta, though. Totally. Yeah, a little less carbonated. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to just, you know, you know, double up and I'd say that. This would be great, like you said, with soju. Uh, I could throw this on some vanilla ice cream, make like a little soda fizz oh, or something. Yeah, like a like the orange, cook. Yeah. orange homemade, like ice yeah, cream a little float kind vanilla, of thing. Yeah, creamy Ooh, thing. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Wow, so, Death Boy R Nate. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Trademark. Shrey. Um, <laughs> He's got. Oh, he wants it. He's like, Chef I want Boy it. Just, got it. Look for my oh, new Instagram account, Chef Boy Arnate. It's probably oh, already wow. Um, but no, I like I like it. So yeah, four and a half for me. I'm feeling pressured to give it a four and a half. So I'm gonna give it a four. Oh, don't, don't, um, okay. What were you gonna give it <laughs> earnestly though? I was gonna earnestly give it a four. Um for I think all the same reasons. I don't know. I feel like you just don't enjoy I feel it like I want it to be actually do. a little bit more carbonated than yeah, less, less juice. Because I yeah, feel like I less I feel like I can feel the carbs coming out of the can and going into <laughs> yeah, okay. it. Feels yes, thick, that's what I was gonna say. Right? It, feels it feels thick. thick. Yeah, yeah. Like my mouth I'm, is getting coated. That's why I'm giving it a four. Like mm-hmm. if it was a little more carbonated, it'd cut out some of them carbs. Uh if you swap some cut juice the thickness for the, a little bit the carbs, with some yeah. business. And maybe that's just the the lingering snack from last week. Um, just, I still have some popping happening in the back of my mouth, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a four solid, solid, solid drink. A good drink addition well, to our liquid, drink roster. Liquid, yes. liquid drink. Liquid, liquid. Yeah. Sure. Liquid. And I'm glad cool. it didn't explode when I sent it to you. So I am also glad that it didn't explode. <laughs> Truth. That would have ruined many other snacks. I'm assuming. And a lot <laughs> Including of other hardware. One. Including so. that one. And, uh, you know, I, I said it last time, if uh, any listeners have some ideas and opinions on what you would like us to eat or drink or try, I do have a poll up on Facebook after party where you can leave some comments and say what you would like us to eat or try. So, yeah, yes. more drinks, where can they more do food. That Did yeah. you say already? After, hey, after yeah. party? Facebook, yeah. Alternatively. Yeah. You, could, you could leave it on Instagram if you wanted to. Just let us know. We, we love feedback. Yeah. Where at uh, on Instagram? <laughs> on the John Chi show. Yeah, nice. just at John Chi show. Of your places. You could uh, call to remind us of our appointment uh, yeah. if you so choose. <laughs> yes. Or if you actually, if you want to give us a topic for discussion that you feel like would be like 
incendiary because you feel like we don't fight enough on this podcast um you could call and, and give us that topic at 972-677-8867 uh you can head to com or com slash support to figure out more about us more about ways to support the show uh leave a, a rating review honestly the best way to support the show is just to tell someone like hey give us give this episode a listen uh there it's a good show you know that's that's the best way um, I think that's it for the show. You can find the email. Me. Yes. Oh, the email at that's John Chi show at just like dot com. Uh, yeah, please write us an email and uh, and do that. Oh, if you want to be, I don't well, know, I'm just gonna say this if you want to be a guest on the show, <laughs> you can go to John dot com slash guest, I think. Uh, <laughs> to, to fill out a guest form to do that. <laughs> I know that like we do have a backlog. But also, like, who knows? We're getting through are listening it. to this. Yeah, we are we getting are. through We're it. Going through. And we don't know. We don't know when people are going to listen to it. So if you fill out the form last year, check your email inbox because you probably have an email from Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, thank you also to, to the people who have been supporting us. I know a couple of people have been buy, buying us some snacks and stuff. So Hannah, um, Mrs. Armstrong, Cheryl Armstrong, thank you. Who for, is that for those? <laughs> oh, that's, Alicia. that's my mom as well so yeah thank you so much for for the support and those snacks so we will put it to good use thanks cheryl yes. i know you're listening <laughs> thanks cheryl. high five shout out <laughs> yay it's a remix um, i don't know where that was going <laughs> All right. Like, anyway, like, you've done it, but I don't get it. Anyways, you can find me uh, <laughs> at KJ Relke, wherever I want to be found. That's KJ R O E L K E, or you can just check it out in the show notes. You can end no walk on Instagram and Nathan Nowak on Facebook. You can end no walk on Instagram. I'm the Asian one. It's the <laughs> <laughs> solid. Uh, and you can me at Patrick in the world <laughs> all over the internet, probably. And uh, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. thanks for listening to us and hanging out with us. Uh, we'll be back next week with another great episode, but until then, John Chi, hey, John Chi, Game-O. Game-O? It's me. Chef Boy Arnate. Chef Boy Arnate. Yeah, that's a good frontal. <laughs> I'll give you a frontal. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back now. to Full Frontals with Nathan Nowak. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's a deeply end. <laughs> that's cool. That's an that's that's end credits tag. Oh my Post-credits. Credits. That's a- Post-credits that tag. Oh, that was horrible. I feel dirty. You should. <laughs> okay, you want to try again? Yeah, please. <laughs>